Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so happy to bring back one of my favorite guests I've had on the podcast going back a few years now. This is her third time here at Spirit School, Miss Sheila V. How are you? I'm wonderful, Danielle. It is my third time. I love coming on your podcast. Yes, my audience absolutely loves you. I know that the first time I had you on, I had at least 20 of my students like go run and book a reading with you. And I know that there's a lot of synergy between our work as well. So I'm excited to bring you back on the podcast. Just to give people a little bit of a background, I always like to tell people where I find people, why I choose to have them come on. And then we're going to get you to introduce yourself and give a bit of an update because so much has happened since last time you've been on the podcast. But me and Sheila met, we were both contributors to a blog back in 2019, early 2020, the Clouds and Dirt blog, which is no longer. But we actually met through that container and doing our spiritual work for the world. And that was back in 2019, 2020. So we have known each other for some time, haven't we? Look at us. We've known each other for a while and our businesses have really gone to, you know, have expanded as we've expanded. And I think on the spiritual path for anyone listening, you know, collaborate as much as you can on the path. So that's what we did back then. We were just exchanging notes about how we step into teaching and becoming, you know, a a teacher and really following our purpose. And, you know, I felt like there was a soul connection there with you, Danielle, even though I'm all the way in Sydney and you're in Squamish, there's a soul connection. Absolutely. And I love that piece on collaboration. It's been a big topic on Spirit School as well. And I remember, you know, something about just being in your presence and energy. And we've been talking for half an hour before we hit record. And I just always feel Spirit's presence whenever you're around. It's like the energy shifts, it expands. And I think that's what people pick up when you have been on the podcast before. It's just like this powerful, expansive energy. And you've done a lot of mediumship training psychic development training as well as teaching as well. So do you think that expansion that you have is just based off of all the years of work and showing up and, you know, speaking to the public? How do you get that energy? Well, I love it. That's a great question. You know, I think it's many factors. I think I've been brave and even my book is called Brave because I'm constantly putting myself out there to train in more modalities I'm even teaching a course on the SHIP network. And I every lesson I talk about spiritual self-esteem. I say, are you building up your spiritual self-esteem? Because only you can do it. So I've invested in building up my spiritual self-esteem. I got really brave even when I had my corporate job. I was fearless and I was teaching and doing readings back then. I was on psychic TV at night and on the weekend. And during the day, I was doing my finance thing. And I embraced both worlds wholeheartedly. Every time I was called to do something new, like quit my job and write my book, I did it. And everyone will go, wow, Sheila, you know, you're not earning any money. And I'd say, you know, but I believe in this. And then years later, it sold so many copies. I'm so proud of my book. And I definitely, I count the level of power and personal power I have to the amount of healing I've done, healing through trauma. 
and I've become a trauma-informed facilitator. And I believe so many spirit teachers, even like you, Danielle, like you've talked about your training in trauma, I believe that it was a really big stepping stone for me to calm my nervous system because I believe connecting to spirit happened because of trauma. Because of disassociating when I was 12 years old, just feeling like I wanted to connect to the other side. But I don't think we can outrun the big stuff in life because it catches up to us. And I think finally in 2017, I went into Peru, into the Amazon jungle and experienced ayahuasca for the first time. That medicine, so I've definitely had psilocybin-assisted journeys and powerful shamanic medicines of toad and pombo and ayahuasca. And these medicines of these indigenous cultures are so powerful. And I think all of that has given me a personal power that, you know, even now I'm not aware of. I just turn up much like you, Danielle, and I just I just do my work. Okay, there's so much there. That's like, where am I going to go next? Because I'm like, okay, so many things. So psilocybin is actually something I've wanted to talk about on the podcast a lot and for a long time. And I've been doing so much research on psychedelics and mediumship. And believe it or not, there is a lot of research done on psychedelics and mediumship, going back to Eileen Garrett's days of parapsychology research. And she has a quote saying, I'm actually a better medium today because of LSD. And just basically that like kind of ego breakdown and that purpose like being revealed and the confidence that comes out of it. So we'll have to have you back just for a psychedelic episode because I've actually been trying to find mediums who are willing to be vulnerable and transparent about their journeys and how it supports them. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite topic. I can talk for hours. I've done like 25 ayahuasca ceremonies. I've experienced tarot like five ceremonies, I think, and I've done psilocybin journeys. And I'm passionate. I've spoken to dead ancestors. I've spoken to Nina Simone. I've spoken to Maya Angelou, came true journey. I've spoken to deceased powerful women. I've called them forward. I've, I've had so many experiences that have definitely expanded my mediumship and psychic capabilities. But let's do that on another podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> and there will be psychedelic retreats happening for Spirit School in the future. I mean, we're this close for it to be legalized here. I've only worked with psilocybin myself just because like every time I see about ayahuasca, people throw up and I'm like, that is what I try to avoid in my life. And so I started working with psilocybin as a way to manage my PMDD and to, I won't name the names, but I've had some incredible experiences and revelations come out of it. And I recommend it to people to do it in a really safe way. But we'll talk about in another episode, okay? But one other thing that you talked about in that intro, and just going back to your book, Brave, a little bit, that is actually one of the reasons why we initially had you on the podcast. And I have been seeing it pick up and do so incredibly well. And it's led you down a series of keynote speaking. So if you're watching on YouTube, she's held up her book, which is just like the most vibrant cover you can possibly pick. So tell me about the journey of your book for the past like two years since last time you were on and how it led you to all these incredibly keynote speaking events like around the world now, literally around the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm flying to Halifax in June to speak to an amazing women's executive network over there. I can't wait. I did not know I was writing a book that would help so many women awaken And I didn't even realize that brave would be a word that would feel so powerful and I would have to embody in the way I have. And I didn't realize I was even being brave or showing people how brave they could be. And, you know, you're brave, Danielle, in in terms of how you showed up for your community. So many people that have studied emotions, especially David Hawkins, he's written a book called Power Versus Force. 
he talks about how important being courageous and brave is in life because you need bravery to overcome the negative emotions. Mm. Then when I wrote Brave, I was basically writing a book about how to navigate the spiritual path. I didn't call it the spiritual path in the book. I called it the courageous path. I don't even refer to it as spiritual very much in the book, interestingly enough. I talk about spirit guides and signs from the universe and taking leaps of courage. But truly, I think when you when we all awaken as men and women, we're awakening to our authenticity. And on some level, if you've got renowned psychic development skills and mediumship skills, we're going to have to lean in and use those skills. They are gifts, right? But society and culture questions that you might feel uncomfortable in your family about it. You know, for me, my old life didn't make any sense when I had my awakening because I was on my trajectory to be a CEO and I was, a, I was just becoming a CFO, a chief financial officer, an executive. And so speaking to dead people, speaking to spirit guides, I was obsessed with metaphysical spiritual books. I'd read them in my spare time on my lunch break at work, but I couldn't reconcile the two lives. So this book is about reconciling your life and making it work. What I didn't realize was the corporate Australia and America and Canada would be open to this message. And I think you've got to trust that when we turn up and do our spirit work, spiritual guides around us, we'll just open every door that needs to be opened. Mm, Absolutely. And I think back, you know, one thing that a lot of our audience listens to and struggles with themselves is that balance, is that straddling of like the two worlds, like whether you have a corporate job or you have like a service job that maybe people aren't talking about spiritual things. You can feel like you don't fit in or you don't belong and you're looking for that place of belonging. And so do you have any kind of like advice or tips or philosophies that you want to share on people who are really trying to balance their spiritual curiosities and their careers? Because I know for me, my message a couple of years ago was like, well, quit your career and like pursue this full time. But now I know better or <laughs> I'm like, no, there is space. Or both, but what do you have to say to people who are struggling with that? My first advice, and I write about it in my book, do both. Do both. Make both work. I was obsessed with leaving corporate world and I would talk about it all the time. And looking back now, I wish I just enjoyed, enjoyed the money I was making, enjoyed all the perks, enjoyed the stability. And also after work, I got a lot of flexibility to do my spiritual work. So enjoy having both worlds. I did find I needed to make a new soul tribe and I did this well Well, when I started to meet new spiritual people, I would make friends with them. I'd get their numbers and email addresses and I would organize copies and lunches with them because I was, I had an inner knowing, my clear cognizant was kicking in telling me you are moving in a new direction and I had to let go of some friends that I was no longer feeling aligned with. So a level of grief will come up during the transition. Because your life has to change and you've got to be brave and make the changes. And I think getting a mentor or a coach or a spiritual teacher, you know, like you, Danielle, like myself, we can also provide a lot of assistance as you're going through a transition, being parts of the communities that we both hold. Because you'll be shocked that so many people are going through the changes. It's just you feel like you're alone just sitting at home doing your accounting job, your marketing job. And you got spirit school in the evening and you can't wait for it to, you know, start. And you just feel like you're going a bit crazy, but you're not. You get into the Zoom room and you see 50 other people that look just like you. And doing more of that will make you feel a lot more comfortable with the path. Yeah. And then I agree for years, I never thought I was going to leave my corporate job because I absolutely loved it. And then 
I started loving the spiritual stuff a lot more and trying to find creative ways to make that a priority. So, you know, one of the ways that I personally reconciled being at that corporate job was just asking the world of spirit to put me to work while I was there as well. Like, is there a way that you can incorporate my spirituality into my corporate career? And I would always be surprised that when I did that, I would have a colleague like ask me to go for a walk or go for lunch. And then they would, you know, lean on me a little bit for some spiritual guidance. And I would just feel so fulfilled at work because I was able to be put to work. But I agree about the, you know, consistency in the pay and all the different perks that you come with it and the stability, like you say, it is, I try to tell people a little bit more now, like see if you can do both, right? And not have to be so pick one or the other. So I'm kind of of that mindset now as well, a couple of years. And though I won't go back, FNHA, if you're listening, I will not be going back, but that's okay. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, once you leave, there is very much a feeling of leaving. But I think a lot of people on their spiritual path will eventually leave their corporate job or transition where you might be doing it two days a week or three days a week. That's what I did. Went part-time and eventually I bit the bullet and quit. I think while you're in corporate and you're around sort of, I call it the denser and harsher energies of corporate world, just because corporate world is filled with a bit of conflict. And you need a certain level of conflict to actually make a company work. You have different divisions, marketing and sales and finance have different priorities. So naturally, there's a conflict that just seems to be in the air in a company. And if you're hypersensitive, which mediums and psychics are, you can find this starts to drain your energy. So I would definitely feel, surround myself with golden bubble of light. would send love to people in corporate boardrooms through my heart. I use metaphysical kind of spiritual intervention to help me energetically. And I did invest my holidays and my travel into studying anything spirituality. In terms of lunch breaks, lean into the relationships at work. You know, I kind of exiled myself because I made myself different being on my spiritual path. Well, in some ways, everyone's on this spiritual path. So I think an evolved soul can see everyone evolving around you. Lean into the celebrations and socialization at work. Don't isolate too much. Mm-hmm. And you might start enjoying work more, knowing possibly you'll have to leave one day anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely time when I was ready to go. It was very clear. It was time to go. And no regrets, as we say, no regrets. <laughs> okay, so talk to me a bit about Brave. When I think about the times that I have been asking, there's been lots of times, even more recently, doing bigger things in my business, like opening up a school, planning a retreat with international people coming, like a lot of big shifts that did require a lot of bravery. Now, I'm wondering if you have any guidance on this or any inspiration on this, but I find that anytime I'm asked to do something courageous or brave, it never gets easier. Like the nervous system still gets jacked up and I still feel like I shrivel up a little bit, but I talk myself better now through, Danielle, you know what's on the other side of this. You know that there's expansion waiting on the other side of this. So sometimes the bravery for me is just simply choosing to do it anyways, choosing to do it even though the nervous system can't tell the difference between that excitement and that fear. So does being brave ever become easier, less active? Like, what do you say about it? I think being brave starts to change form and you become more resilient. The reason why it doesn't feel like it becomes easier is because we're choosing bigger, bolder ways to be brave. You know, you starting a physical spirit school, 
you know, me traveling overseas and teaching big workshops and speaking on big corporate stages in front of 200 people, that's a different level of bravery now than what I needed to access a year ago. So I definitely feel the anxiety, the stress, the excitement. I know that on the other side is success on some level. The biggest thing I lean into, what is the new version of me that's trying to be reborn? And I'm the kind of woman who has rebirthed myself multiple times, having done that much ayahuasca and the psilocybin journeys. And also, even within my astrology, I'm prepared to let go of what was to birth what needs to be birthed. It's just within my nature. And that's why I think I coach and mentor a lot of women to do the same. So there's just always a new version of me that's waiting to be born. And I do believe after you do bravery, many times over, it's not that it gets easier, you become masterful at it. Mm. You become masterful of the process. You bring in teachers and guides around you. You bring in more rest and recuperation before and after. You take care of your physical health with rest and good nutrition. You just become smarter. It's like maybe doing the first Olympics and then you go back and you do three Olympics. The third one, you're like, I know this. I know what this, you know, what's involved. And it feels like an Olympic training, training to do big things. We're Olympians on some levels, you know, on our spiritual path where we're taking on Herculean feats and working with spirit and real trust is required. That's a big thing. But I think the more you trust, the more spirit rewards you and the more you're rewarded, the braver you become. That's, I think, the cycle. Yeah, I love that. And that piece about building resilience to you. And like, I just feel inspired to say that in every single way, each and every one of us who are listening to this are incredibly brave for incarnating during the 2020s. <laughs> like we are all incredible, brave souls. And I remember going into a meditation a couple of weeks ago where the world of spirit was really celebrating us in our bravery to come in during these times, especially those of us who are driven to be change makers, like not just change makers in our collective society, but also change makers in our families, in our lineages. Think about how much courage it takes to change and like do things differently and choose differently next time. And so I think in a lot of ways, we're a lot braver than we give ourselves credit for as well. 100%. And then just to add to that, I think this might speak to your audience. Bravery in this modern age as a spiritual woman and man requires breaking intergenerational trauma. So as a part of your spiritual expansion, we know our leveling is breaking some level of intergenerational limiting beliefs, whether it's limiting beliefs around spirituality or being independent and working in this field or being seen for having our gifts. It's, you're going to be breaking a cycle and that requires courage. But on some level, I think we all know that now's the time to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if nothing else, the past few years has made us so uncomfortable that we have to shift. We have no choice but to evolve and like continue the path outward and inward. So I absolutely love that. And so there's a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about that are a bit more personal in nature, if you're welcome to go that way. But there's been a lot of changes that have happened since last time you came on. You are married now. You just recently wrapped up a new TV series. Do you want to talk about some of this? Because I think it leans into some of that manifestation piece as well. Oh my goodness, absolutely. So much has changed. So I manifested my soulmate, Tyson. And I think I'm a pure manifester in human design. So I feel like a big part of my incarnation is to teach women how to manifest. 
And yeah, I hit a real low point. Interestingly enough, around the time the book came out, because I had a relationship in that just didn't feel aligned at all. And I was really yearning for this high vibrational conscious man to come into my life. So I started to study about the laws of manifesting and the spiritual laws of life. And that's what I teach in one of my programs. And I applied all of these laws, the law of miracle, the laws of frequency, the laws of gratitude. And I got myself so high vibe that it was inevitable that this guy came into my life. And yes, I met him on a dating app. But I truly believe when you are ready, spirit will send your partner to any place so that the meeting happens. So I met him and then literally eight weeks later, we moved in together. We knew immediately it was right. Three months later, we started IVF together, create a family. And around the same time, I was asked to go on an Australian TV show called Big Miracles where they followed the journey of seven couples that did IVF for an entire year. So this production crew came in and Piper and I were just newly together and they followed our whole journey of doing seven rounds of IVF and getting married. And this was shown on an Australian commercial television network. And I think it's going to be serialized to Canada and US next year. So you'll get a chance to watch it. And it's been an incredible year because even just going on this Australian show, I felt I manifested that. I asked spirit, I said, give me a platform where I can show people about spirituality and bravery. I did not think it would be an IVF TV show. Like I did not think that's what the universe would give me. So I really believe when we manifest, you've got to surrender to what shows up. So yeah, married, creating a family, businesses, you know, grown exponentially speaking in corporate now about being brave and honoring a spiritual path. So, so much has changed. Yeah. And so your partner comes in. These are things I don't know. And I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah. And I've been loving watching your social because I've been able to watch the previews and the teases of the show. And when you posted about your wedding, I was like 7 a.m. crying with my first cup of coffee. I'm like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I mean, it's just what a great way for people to really get to know you right? Because if you have a TV crew following you around for a year, well, for one, I have no idea what that would even be like. I remember working in a race car shop and MTV was pitching us to do a show out of our race shop. I was like, oh, hell no. I think I could never imagine them recording this mess over here. Okay. But so we, I chickened out on that opportunity, but what was it like having a show and producers and camera people following you around as you're building your relationship as well. Like, what was that like? And then I want to ask about Tony. Is he spiritual? Was he just like, whatever you got going on, babe? Because he just looks like he's like love struck. And like, like every video you guys post, he just looks love struck. So in terms of the production crew following us, look, that was intense. They were an amazing production crew. It's called Rondi Media. They're amazing. The camera women, so lovely. And guys, they cared about our IVF journey. They'd be like, what's happening? What's the news? They wanted to see us fall pregnant. Look, I think doing IVF without a camera crew is so hard. Doing it with a camera crew required so much vulnerability. I cried so much on Australian television. And I'm kind of proud of Tyson and I because I think so many women do their IVF journey in secret and they don't know how to process the shame. And quite often it is a spiritual awakening when you do your IVF journey. So it was, it required, I mean, they even videoed me like being on my pregnancy stick and missing the result. Like, and I thought I was pregnant. 
I swore blue in the face I was pregnant, right? Because my I was on a higher level of progesterone that made my body feel pregnant. And so I was shocked when we got that first fail and I just cried. I burst into tears. And I think that's what it's like. And it was hard watching it on the show, like watching the episode. But I did turn to Tyson and I said, I said, I'm glad we showed this because people need to see what it's like for couples trying for a family that, you know, aren't able to succeed or it's taking a lot longer. And I said, if we can be that for people, like that's another part of my big spiritual soul purpose is to show people vulnerability. And it's okay when life is a bit of a mess, right? So we definitely got to know the crew and they got to know, like I'm there with legs and stirrups and they're putting the embryo in and there's a camera down me. By the end, Danielle, I was just letting everything hang out and it was fine. <laughs> I like it. Mum's right. He's like, let it all hang out and it doesn't matter. It was like the after having birth in a hospital too. I'm like, so many people have seen me naked now. I'm like, I don't even know what I have to hide anymore. <laughs> like, exactly. I remember asking just one quick stupid. I remember asking my CEO's right hand. I'm like, oh, will you be my doula? But then I didn't realize, oh shoot, my colleague's going to see me naked now. I'm like, I didn't think about this too well. <laughs> it so it definitely takes the going days corporate meetings to a new level when you're all like, yeah, when you've seen each other's best right? Okay, and then he was on TV before as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. T- Tyson. He's a German name, Tyson. Yeah, he's an actor, and he runs big boot camps and he's a personal trainer. But I tell you, ladies, there's nothing like having a man that's an adventure man. We get out in nature so much, even this Easter weekend. We have three-hour big climbs at the top of this mountain, and that's spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like, that takes you home to nature and plants. And I think what I've done with Tyson is I've opened him up to his spirituality, which he's loved, and he's opened me up to a different type of spirituality, which is connecting to Mother Earth and nature and water. And even he looks at me, he's highly intuitive, and he'll see me hunched over my computer, and we have a two-minute walk from the beach, and he goes, okay, we'll go for a swim, and he knows the medicine I need. So, ladies, if you have not met your soulmate, do not give up. I was 45 when I met him, and I met him because I didn't give up. I didn't sacrifice, I didn't settle. I I can meet the one in my life and we're going to be on the exact same path and we're the exact same things. But holding that belief in manifesting is so important. Yeah, I think a lot of people will get comfort with that. And I think a lot of people will appreciate your vulnerability as well because I think we need more of that in the spiritual space. We need more teachers to show more colorful and dynamic sides of themselves, right? It's not like the 90s where we're all looking for the pristine, holier-than-thou teacher. And I think that's what I found through spirit school was how thirsty people were for vulnerability and talking about some of this stuff. So thank you for sharing a lot of that. So the TV show is all wrapped up now. TV is all wrapped up. Well, I'd like to say, so they're still filming us for season two. So watch this it's We've gone down the donor egg route now because I'm 46 and I'm 47 in November. My eggs aren't viable. They've got defects. So I have looked at for a donor in the US. So we found a donor and we think that their eggs will be flown out soon and fertilized with Tyson's sperm and I'll probably implant in July for any women out there that need to hear about an alternative route. And do you know, I spoke to a shaman and he shared with me because I was kind of when I first thought, how do I go down the donor egg route? How do I give up the dream of having a child that's biologically my own? Shaman said, 
there's a very special soul trying to come through you that wants two mother lines. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's powerful to have my ancestral line and another woman's ancestral line. And the lady we've chosen has actually got Native American blood in her. She's African-American, Native American, and French. So she's a mix of all these amazing cultures. There's Indigenous blood in her, and there's myself. And I think this child seems to want to have multiple lineages. And I know I'm just... I'm a woman going to carry the soul and sojourn with this soul on earth. So that's the route we're going down. So they're still filming this part of the journey, Danielle. I am so, I didn't know that. There's going to be a season two. I am so excited. Congratulations. Like that just is a testament to how much everyone must have just loved watching you guys on the show and like connecting in with you and just rooting for your success. I mean, I think sometimes too, when you put yourself out there, like you're very susceptible to like criticism and hearing all the ways that you can improve and things that you can continue to do. But to have like a nation behind you to wanting you to like, what does that even feel like? I can't even imagine what that feels like. It felt amazing, truthfully. And so many women reached out to me on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm still going to keep on replying to the messages. I do a few every day. They shared their heartfelt journey on how they felt pregnant. I'd given up hope. My doctor said no, or we went down the donor egg route and we now have three kids and we have twins. And, and you know, all I want is a family and for Tyson and I to have this next generation of little spiritual beings around us. So a lot of people have shared their success stories or just something to know the strength and the bravery that we showed. And I think when you watch people being brave, it shows you how to be brave. It's very inspiring that way. I don't think we were special. I just think we opened our door and we said, we're going to show you what it's like being in your pajamas and getting a felt pregnancy test and just falling into a heap crying. And, you know, so many of us have had moments. All of us have had moments in life of deep grief, loss, things not working out. And I think the modern time is to show that and say, yeah, this is part of life, but this is how we get resilient and work through it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing so much of that. And I know even just off the top of my head, a few people who will be listening that I know will really resonate with your story and give a lot of hope. And I love too that like your energy is just so positive. It's just so hopeful. And so has that always been part of your journey? Because I am somebody who definitely leans towards the happy disposition. Like I typically see all that can go right in the world, whereas my husband can see all that goes wrong in the world. Have you always had that kind of glass half full point of view on life? I have. And, and I've had a really challenging life, interestingly enough. So I had one psychic reader many years ago. She looked at my face and she says, your face doesn't have the lines or the sadness of what you've experienced. and Tyson's very much the same. We've got very positive, sunny personalities and it doesn't mean our life's easy. I think when I go down, I definitely go down. I have my days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Especially on your fertility journey, most mornings I wake up and I think, I don't have a bubber. I don't have a baby. Like It's one of my first thoughts. Then I have to use my mindset and have new thoughts and I invite in spirit. I invite in my mantras. My self-talk has to change. And I think if I don't, then I'm not going to achieve what I want in life. And so I've got quite a strong mind. I have real self-belief that I'll create what I need to create, what I want to create. What I do know is going to happen in divine timing. And that's when I get impatient. So yeah, I've definitely always been positive and 
driven and motivated. It doesn't mean I haven't had desperately sad days. No, I've definitely had those. And I allow them. I think we have to normalize depression and levels of anxiety when you're up leveling in life because it is scary, you know? And then when you get through that dark night, then the sun does come out. Yeah, absolutely. I thank you for sharing that because, again, I think that's also going to be something people resonate with. And then what I love, too, about the divine timing, going back a little bit to, and I just have to laugh about this because this happens to me all the time, where I will, you know, ask for something to come to me and then it comes in like the most obscure way that I could have never have planned or predicted. And it's just like, oh, this is how it's coming to me. And that's kind of what happened with the platform of the TV show, right? You're just like, give me a platform to talk about spiritual things. And then all of a sudden it comes through infertility or, you know, the fertility journey. And then also tying into your partnering up and coupling and getting married. I mean, how has that been? And then has that been something that's happened in your life a lot to you where it's just like, oh, I just think something and it manifests. Tell me about your journey manifestation. 100%. I teach something in my Rainly Manifest program about visioning. And I don't believe in vision boards, but I believe in visioning tools you use every week to keep on co-creating with the universe. So everything I've wanted to create happens. And even coming out to Canada and teaching with you, Danielle, that was on my vision board to go to the US, go to Canada and teach and run workshops. And so what I do is I feel into the year ahead, the years ahead, the months ahead, and I feel what I want to create. And then I allow the universe to create perfect condition where I will enjoy that experience. Like I think if I taught a year ago, I may not have been prepared. I think if the baby came in a little early, we wouldn't have shown the Australian and global public what it is to suffer on an IVF journey. Like I said to Tyson, I said, this doesn't really feel like our journey. It feels like something we've been called to do because he's an actor, so he's okay with cameras. And I said, we've had to show how hard it is to help people with their mental health. And so I feel like, and I teach this where use yourself as a channel for spirit is when the magic and miracles turn up in life. So I always say, use me to serve. And then I surrender to what my life turns out like. I think when I had my corporate job, especially when I had that awakening all those years ago, things started to change and I really fought to hold on to the old. But I think when I fought to hold on to the old version of myself and my old life is when my depression and anxiety got a lot worse. Over the years, when I've surrendered and held a vision, I find that's when amazing things open up. At the point where I pinch myself, where in some days I go, wow, like life has turned out so much better than I ever could have dreamed of, yet it is so vastly different to what I thought even five years ago. Because five years ago, I just started writing my book. Yeah. You know? I love that. The most recent thing I've been manifesting has been going really well, like even at the time of recording this, using that visualization process, it's like super powerful. You know, I have a retreat next week and last week when you could start to look ahead 14 days at the weather, which is rain, 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 rain every day for 14 days, not a stitch of sunshine. I want some sunshine because I'm bringing up a bunch of people from California and Florida and I'm like, they can't get like soaked here, you know what I mean, for all three days. So every day I have been sitting and visualizing the week of the retreat and seeing nothing but sunshine in the retreat days. And then today when we were meeting as a team before this interview, we looked at the 14 day and just the five days are all sunshine. There's <laughs> like rain coming in, but I've been like holding the vision and it's such a weird thing to manifest, but it has like a big quality of life 
context to it where I'm like all these ideas of getting out on the lake. So yeah, I've been visualizing sunshine and it's been slowly coming and just today. So like that's how I like to manifest as well. Visualizing it, feeling it, the knowing it, the believing it is repetition. We must repeat this process every day if you can. I kind of do it at breakfast. I'm going to do it after this podcast. We, we finish. I'm going to get my decaf coffee, my cappuccino, and I'm going to bring it back. But if I have my little PowerPoint. I play some music. When you play music, when you're looking at your visioning board, both hemispheres of the brain join with your visual centers, that feeling, the listening to the music all join. And then that's when it all lights up in your brain. We use science. And that's when we have a full body knowing it's going to happen. Then I start to do some journal writing as well. And you do all of this, Daniel. I mean, you're, you are a badass manifest, so you, you I create. I can. You know, I've always had this ability to just like, I know it's going to happen, right? Even with Spear School walking in, it was like, I don't care what this is going to cost me. I'm like, I know that this is going to happen. And my husband knows when he hears that, he's like, Shay, he's like, there is no stopping her. I'm like... This is actually going to happen now. But yeah, I've manifested incredible things in my life. Yeah, I kind of have like a bit of a lucky energy as well, where it's like, yeah, a lot of opportunities come my way too. And one thing you mentioned, which is also why I wanted to have you on, because you're coming to Canada to teach with me. We are co-teaching a two-day workshop at Spirit School. So do you want to tell people a little bit about that? I am so excited about teaching this program with you. So this is for anyone who wants to learn how to become bravely spiritual on their spiritual path, build up their spiritual self-esteem, really strengthen your connection to your spirit guides, to your ancestors, to really learn, master the art of channeling, learning the basic 12 laws of manifesting. We're going to do that on day two meeting new spiritual soul group friends, soulmates around you. We're going to have a ton of fun. There's a lot of little games we're going to play and spiritual games and exercises we're going to go through. I'm going to teach about the principles of being brave on your spiritual path. I've been to so many retreats when I had my awakening and I've learned from so many teachers. And one of my passions is holding space, especially you know, a couple of day retreat. I feel like we all grow so much and grow together. I can't wait, Daniel. I can't wait. Yeah. So we're going to do two days. She gave you the topics. We're going to be bringing in spirit guides, spirit teams, intuitive development, really visioning for the future that you're desiring. What is your next brave steps that you want to take to take you towards where you want to go? Because it does take actionable courage and a real clear process and a clear vision on what it is that you want. So you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now. I am so excited. You're officially the first teacher to come teach at Spirit School with me. We already have people registering. I also want to highlight that we are going to have a deeper conversation on spirit guides and spiritual evolution in Spirit School on May 1st, which is a free community. So hit the link and come on in. And yeah, what else are you excited about coming to Squamish? I mean, You've probably never heard of Squamish before we started talking here. Like, I'm going to Squamish. It is a beautiful place. And I have a beautiful I cannot wait. for you. <laughs> yeah, my husband's coming. He's going to be doing some of the socials, taking photos and things. However, I showed him the mountains. And I said, you're going to run because he loves running. Which, yeah, 50, 100 kilometer trails. He just runs. I'm a bit scared of the bears. I said, please, you've got up. We've got to figure out what the deal is with the bears. But maybe it's Don't like run. your fear. That's <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah. So we can't wait to get out into nature in Squamish. And look, I also I'm looking forward to meeting and taking a group for a real immersive experience. Like you, what I found when I go on retreat, it's like you can do the workshops in the evenings online. And I felt like when I went away on two and three day retreats, it's like you grow months in two days. Your development just amplifies so much because you get you drop more and more into your own intuitive gifts. So I love running retreats because I love seeing how we all start the retreat and then the transformation. Even just two days, so much confidence opens up in our ability to go out and work in this space or what little brave acts we need to change in our lives. The confidence with connecting to spirit happens, you know, because in those bubbles on retreats are so intense. Yeah. And look, I'm coming to I think one of the most beautiful parts on the planet, Squamish. Like it's just, I've seen the photos. Oh, I've wait. seen where you live. So I'm like, <laughs> so you're like, I'm just going surfing right now. I'm like, okay, we have paddle boarding. But the other day outside of spirit school where I would paddle board, there was whales jumping. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going in there. What? But so my vision whales. The whole point of whales is jumping in front of me. Yes. I mean, that happened outside of spirit school just last week. But I'm really excited too because, you know, before the pandemic, I was strictly offline. So I did in-person spirit circles, development circles, retreats myself that I would attend. Absolutely love them. And even online, like I love doing demonstrating offline and I try to do it online. It just didn't feel the same. And I think so many of us are just yearning for that connection, like connecting to one another, being in community again. And that's one of the things that I love to do most is like building a sense of community and making like real authentic connections with groups of people. And I think that's kind of what I'm known for. So I'm looking forward to starting to build that offline in spirit school and getting to meet and hug and touch and just like embrace people again. And I think that's something that we've all been yearning for for a long time. So so hopefully people will be able to come make it. We have some spots have been taken. It is limited seating because my space is only so big. But we're going to have a lot of incredible people there. So hopefully you guys will check out the event. And I think that we're still planning on doing a three-hour workshop online on the Monday too, just taking in consideration accessibility and the fact that not everyone can come travel to Squamish to hang out with me and Sheila for a couple of days. We will definitely find a way to workshop something for a couple hours on the Monday following our retreat so that people online get to experience our magic together as well. I love it. I love it. Those that can't make it in person, we're going to create some magic on the Monday. And for those that can make it, pack your bags because you're going to spiritually expand so much and you're going to have a ton of fun. And I'm even checking out like dinner restaurants, Danielle, for that night, how we can all go out and, you know, create more bonds and connections. So it gets to be amazing. Absolutely. Awesome. So hopefully, you know, thank you for coming on the podcast again. I am more than sure you will be back for a fourth, fifth, sixth time because I love talking to you and we just managed to stay in touch all these years. And I'm so proud of watching everything that you have done from the launch of your book to going on these international stages now to these bigger, you know, executive conferences. And it's so refreshing to see that the spirituality is desired in those corporate spaces as well and just the message that you can share across. So I'm excited to have you back, excited to host you in Squamish and in Spirit School on May 1st to talk about spirit guides and spiritual evolution. And any last words that you want to say to the Spirit School listeners? The last words I want to say is believe in yourself, be brave, and just make a little brave act today. Just take one little brave act 
you take your development a bit further, your little brave act might be even just booking to, to come to Squamish and do this workshop. Your little brave act might be, you know, to reach out to a friend you met at the last retreat and just see how he or she is. So honor your spiritual path. It takes courage to stay in alignment to it and know that you've got so much community around you supporting you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Danielle. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.